in just four years, this brand blew its ass up by building a sexy product around butts, feet, and body hair. In 2019, it raised $14.5 million and it is one of Sephora's best sellers. Let's dive into Sol, Sol de, de Janeiro. Boom! What's up, everyone? Sean Azari here. I'm with Matt Skopak. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Deep Dive, episode 31, where we dive into businesses like Sol de Janeiro and dive into their marketing and business strategies such that you can take these strategies and start implementing them yourselves. In 2015, this brand was launched by three founders, Yang, Camila uh, Peralti, and Mark Capra. And they launched three products. Actually, they launched with one main product, which yep. was their Beach Bum Cream. They launched with three products. Their main one was called a Bum Bum Cream. But they were basically started, uh, one of the founders, Gila, was a ex, um, I guess, marketing executive in the skincare industry already. Um, and she basically wanted to start her own thing. So she found a man, married Mark. him, Mark. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't Mark. She found a husband uh, who was from Brazil and she got to Brazil and she fell in love. What she really fell in love with is basically the attitude and confidence of Brazilian women in terms of their body. Um, she's a Korean woman, so she's very focused. If you don't know, Koreans are very focused in on their skincare. So they, they focus a lot about the skincare, but Brazil was really focused on head to toe body care and being confident. And those and are the sexy. three pillars, the, the, the feet, exactly. the, the butt and, and the body, body hair. And body hair. So those are why they launched the products, but they wanted to create a brand and she wanted to create a brand that really focused on that confidence and the sexiness and having head to toe uh, body care. So that is how Sol de Janeiro came to life. So yeah, they launched in 2015, Sephora a year after. They partnered up with Sephora. They carried their products nationwide. They sold out. Not right away though. First they carried them on their Sephora's website and it did extremely well. So then they were launched into all their stores. And recently, well actually within the past two years, they really wanted to strengthen their DTC platform and really get connected with the consumers. Yep. So they're implementing a lot of strategies that you could take away as well. Yeah. And let's actually get into number one. Let's jump right into it. So be real with yourself before starting your company and ask yourself why. Uh, this is something that the founders did. Uh, they had to ask themselves basically, why are we doing this? And kind of ask the questions of the whys in terms of why the world needs another skincare, uh, why basically people are gonna use us. So this is basically something that you need to do when you're starting your business. Even if you haven't, if you've already started your business, you should ask yourself these questions of why are you creating this brand? Basically almost like evaluating your mission statement. So when they started going through this, they asked themselves why in the world do we need another skincare brand out there? And the reasoning was, and this is how they came to life, they felt that there was no upscale skincare brand, body care line that really focused uh, on the things and areas that they focused on. So that's why their brand, the coloring and everything like that was created around that themselves. So I mean, for my, for myself and the companies that I work in, uh, work with, I always ask themselves to be real with yourself and to really, if you have an idea, really think about the competitors out there and really if it's successful and if it solves a problem. Uh, that's the key and it's harsh. It's really tough to do because obviously you're, you think every idea that you have is 
the entrepreneur nature thinks it's gonna be successful, but you need to be real in thinking and really evaluating and thinking and think it will be successful. Here's a good exercise for you guys. If you're gonna, before you're starting a brand or even if you have an existing brand, right? Come up, create an Excel sheet, list your competitors in each column, right? And then in the rows, label them, like label each of your competitors' mission statement. What are, what are their main products, their best selling products? And then when you're evaluating all that, what else actually, a couple other things, mission statement, their best-selling products, yeah. their demographic, and, and why then try to see how your product can differentiate from the other brands and how you could stand out and disrupt that industry. I think that's a good exercise exactly. to take away. Another key is in the, the, all the founders say this all saying is why you're starting it, why you're doing this, why you're starting the company. If your answer is for money, I would highly, highly persuade you not to go that route just because you as launching of the business as an entrepreneur spend so much time working 24-7, long nights, early mornings, that if you do not love what your company stands for, you really, really will not be successful most likely because you're just not gonna put in the time and effort. Um, they even say it, I believe uh, Gila talks about it and, and I think Mark talks about that, like he loves it and he's constantly working and it doesn't feel like work, but you need to love it before before you start anything. Yep. And one more thing, I know it's, it's kind of like relates back. There's a tool out there. I don't have like, it's a, you got a paid tool. It's called SEM Rush, what I was speaking about earlier, where you could do a competitive analysis and then export mm -hmm. an Excel sheet. It really dives into like keywords, main blogs, what people are talking, what are your competitors talking about and really evaluate it and how you could, again, stand out, which is really important as well. So just want to give that little tool out there as well. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there are a lot of sources out there for entrepreneurs or starting a business, almost roadmaps that you should look out for entrepreneurial brands or finding your mission statement and all that area. So number two, implement a layered lead capture strategy. So when you go to SDJ, I'm going to abbreviate Sol de Janeiro, uh, things we're going to call SDJ, a website, especially if you're a new user, right away within four seconds you get an email newsletter just like any other you know usually you have you see it on the websites where it's um, asking you to input your imp uh, email address if you want to receive 10 percent code now let's say i don't i majority of times right users just exit the form and just browse through the site now let's say you're browsing the site and you're realizing oh my god these prices are expensive you add maybe one or two in your cart and you're like you know what i don't have the budget for this when you're exiting there is another form that pops up which is like, hey, hey, wait a minute. You sure you don't want this 10% off? This strategy itself has increased, I think, and there's more to it, but doing these layered lead capture strategy throughout your website based on your customer and so forth, where they are in their journey, has allowed them to increase, I believe, when I was looking at the data, about 25,000 more email subscribers within four months they was able they were able to capture Crazy. i think they used actually a tool i actually written down here um, or a software called yieldify but this is something you could also implement in clavio which is another email marketing platform mm -hmm. i'm actually i right when i saw this strategy for reborn my art company the way i implemented it right now we're capturing emails through spin the wheel like yep. you have People, you have customers, they enter the website. Within five seconds, there's an app that comes up where they enter the email address, they spin the wheel, and they get a code based on, you know, based on what whatever they win, or they can win a free gift, whatever your, your yeah. incentives are. Now, that comes in within five seconds. Now, let's say you don't, you just exited that uh, wheel. In Clavio, separate software, um, I have another form that pops up 
that just, just pops up when the user is about to exit. says, hey, hey, wait a minute. This mm -hmm. just happened yesterday after I was looking into this company. Um, you sure you don't want 10% off? So one was a spin the wheel. Another one was just a form that pops up during exiting. So try to come up with these different embed forms throughout your customer's journey that will enhance, improve your customer. You'll capture more emails and data with that strategy. Awesome. So number three, focus on growing your customer base, not your product line. And I really love this. Um, I think this is a mistake that a lot of people uh, run into. I mean, I've run into it in other businesses as well, in, in, in current businesses, other businesses. And this is something that um, sold a, we'll call it SDJ for right now because it is a mouthful, uh, SDJ implemented. And this is why they only launched with three products because you really need to, once you have a great product like their Bum Bum Cream right here, um, you need to open up and you need to try to grow your customer base. I'm trying to put ass cream on my face. Who knows where Sean's, that's been with Sean. Um, so this is something, don't always think about launching new products, even though we always talk about that launch new products into a, into a good customer base. We do believe in that, but make sure that you, uh, you try to grow your customer base for that product use, which is very important. So if you do have this bum bum cream, they thought of so many different ways to advertise to people for different uses. It's not only used for your butt, it's used all over your body to tighten to, um, to moisturize and whatnot. So they basically grew their customer base immensely through just advertising this in multiple ways. So if you have one or two products and you wanna just keep on launching other products instead of really uh, branding and advertising your current products, that's one thing that we think it's very important to focus on your main products, which we've talked about in the past, instead of just keep on launching new products. Exercise right here. Take a product that you have. I mean, this works for depending on your brand and what you're offering, right? And divide into segments. What is it solving? Some things could solve for different customers. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, for a certain age group, it may solve. Or, like, you're, you need to pinpoint certain problems, and those problems yep. are going to be targeted for different types of individuals. So, again, exercise. Go on an Excel sheet or, put on, or just put on, like, a, a whiteboard. Just say, all right, this is my main product sketch out lines coming out of your, your product. What is it solving? And then who, what type of experience persona yeah, for that person, that individual, who can you sell yeah. it to? And then you could start targeting different creatives mm -hmm. across Facebook and then start advertising and pulling in exactly. more customers with your existing. Let's see for an line. example, we'll just do this right ad hoc right now. We'll take this bum bum cream. All right. So if I was one of the owners of the company, I know what it does. It moisturizes, it firms. So first thing I would think of, all right, I would have a media creation of maybe a woman in a probably a hat or maybe a snow outfit with dry skin on her face and say, and have something about Sol de Janeiro or Bum Bum Cream helps moisturize. So obviously there's one thing. All right, everyone's skin is dry right now in the Northeast because of the winter. So this is the solution to it. So then we can go to, uh, let's see, how about someone laying on the beach? So we know that suntan, uh, getting burnt, you need moisturizer afterwards. So then that's something else. So then have a, someone laying on the beach with this right next to them saying, uh, helps with, helps with burn and or reducing burn and moisturizing skin. So those are just different ways to just think about your product and think of different events, which the benefits align with what they need in that situation. So, so maybe if, if people want to plump up their butt, I don't know if this does that, but if it makes Firms. their bump looks plumpier. Fum, firms it up. Right? 
they could advertise that if there's an ingredient that makes it look there's these things sometimes they advertise like make your butt look more plumper i think there's lip they have lip balms that do that uh, well yeah i think it's i like, don't think they do that they advertise it like that yeah but it's like you know. niacin or something like that that makes it i don't know who knows in flight inflammation so number four number four set up your instagram and facebook commerce accounts to expedite the checkout process so sdj did that where if you're on their instagram page let's say if you're an existing follower you're looking through your feed and you possibly if you didn't purchase it or you're, you you purchased their product before but you see a product on their page you can in, like click on the the either the product tag in the caption or in the photo and it you could buy it right off Instagram. You don't have to let the customer leave the app. This is something that people don't like leaving apps. When you're not on a platform, you're scrolling away, you wanna buy something instantly. Instagram allows you to do that. They're basically doing what Amazon does. Like, why do people love shopping on Amazon? They have everything, one, right? Second, if you're an existing customer on Amazon, you usually have your payment saved, such that you do a, like a one-step, really yeah. check out right away, and it's right your to your door. Saved, Instagram your social payment, media yep. is doing that itself. Now, I don't do that right now, Existing Reborn. I'll tell you why. Um, I'm also being a little greedy. I like to have my customers onto my website, capture email data and so forth. But another big, big reason is because I sell products that don't uh, agree with the Facebook and Instagram's policy, including someone like Erotica Art, um, an art that contains like uh, weed, for instance, a lot of modern day culture, but that doesn't comply with Facebook. So. I want my customers or a potential customer to see all the art that I have. So if that's the case with your brand, let's say if you're selling CBD, for instance, Sugar and Kush, you guys can't do that as well. Yep. You could create landing pages. Well, actually, CBD, you can't do this. You could create landing pages on your commerce page and direct them to your site. So when your people are visiting your Instagram page or your Facebook page and they click view shop, it's basically like a website. It's a landing page. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, wow, it's like what I did. And what Sold in General does, you can see they have the whole landing page, but again, they have a, a checkout process there. In other words, you could just create categories or sections based on what you your product has, so you give more of the customer more visibility of what your brand has to offer. So, yeah, that was four. That was four. Number five, be able to pivot and launch products rapidly. And this is very important as we move into the future. I mean, look at last year, look at 2020 and everything that happened. RDJ was basically, they are pros at moving quickly. Uh, basically, they took product from from Sephora. We know they're a huge supplier in Sephora. They brought it back into their warehouse, and then they had to fulfill all their online orders because from 20, uh, 2019 to 2020, their direct uh, DTC, direct to the consumers, uh, grew by three, uh, 300%. They had three times as many online orders DTC than compared to when they were in Sephora or the previous year. So they needed more product, they took it right at the Sephora store. But there's so many more examples of how they are great. So in terms of their fragrance, they came out with a fragrance, I believe, or a, a mist spray because people were like, wow, we love your, we love the smells, we want something. So they basically in four months were be able to create a fragrance and sell it. To me, that is, if you really know supply chain and, and launching a product, that's amazing. Because first of all, getting bottles, design, uh, doing through testing and everything like that, like the process for normal companies probably eight months to a year. 
at least depending on the size but they are able to launch that rapidly and we see that with all the big contenders we see that with fashion nova they come up with designs and launch something within like two weeks it's, it's incredible uh we see it with multiple companies but it's not only that even with new products that sold de janeiro were launching they have a huge sample order so when they launch a new product they send all samples i'm just assuming to sephora uh they have different events and things like that and due to covid they weren't able to do any of that and then sephora wasn't open so they instead of taking the samples and sending them there they they took all their samples and they basically partnership uh, partnered with major other companies. Uh, I think non-competitors. American Dream was one of them, a clothing company, and then uh, Dirty Lemon. Dirty Lemon. And then Dirty Lemon, who makes like water bottles. So they said, "Hey, similar customer base, definitely a great opportunity to approach more people. So let's do this." They sent their samples to those companies. Now every purchase an e-commerce uh, a person on e-commerce makes from those companies, they get a sample of uh, SDJ's new product. How genius is that? This is what you need to do to stay relevant and to create and drive revenue and increase growth. You need to be creative. You need to think about how to get your product or samples into like-minded consumers and like-like like consumers that your brand targets. So that's what you need to do and that's how you need to think as an entrepreneur. Once you start thinking like this, I know it's happened to me when I first started like doing this. You think a different way. Your mind gets reprogrammed and you start seeing things, looking at what other companies are doing and think how you can do that for your brand. So start looking at other companies, start seeing what they're doing and then try to mim mimic it with your brand or your company. But let's go back to what you were saying, like be able to pivot, right? Yep. And they launch products like rapidly, right? Yep, well, very rapidly. Think about what they did here. They listened to their customer. They said, the customers were saying, we love the smell of your product. Mm -hmm. Can you make it like into a perfume right? or something fragrance, like that? A fragrance, perfume, right? Yep. Right. They listened, they implemented, and they created rather than waiting for a competitor to do so. So a lot of brands that are very selfish, they just want to create what they want to create without less listening to the consumer. Well, realize this. When you're, you're creating what you want to create and you already have a brand, you're building a cult and so forth, if you're not listening to consumer, your products might fail. It's going to yep. fail. Like, Listen to your consumer. They're going to help you build out your next product or enhance your existing product. That's very important when you're building out new SKUs yeah. and so forth. Is That's how like people, that even goes up with content creation. People are like, what should I create? Ask your community what they want. Yeah, what with, do they want? They, what they want mirror. Yeah. mirror. I think the, the CEO of the Mirror, she asked her customers, how could she make her workout facility better? What'd they say? Uh, we like mirrors. You need more mirrors. And that's how that company came about. She asked her customers. It's, it's a common theme. If you need ideas, if you want to improve, ask your customers what you can do better. I love that. Number six, retain customers with shipment marketing. Sol de Janeiro does is once you purchase a product, and just like any other brand, you get a thank you email, right? And usually, this is not what SDJ does, but usually... After the product ships, you get a tracking number, and then eventually you get the, the customer to review the product with the whole, you know, thank you, flow. purchase flow, yes, right? Yeah. What they do, they create a whole immersive branded uh, shipment strategy such that you're receiving multiple emails before the customer actually receives the product. So what does that do? So throughout their journey, the customer receives the product, they get a thank you. But even throughout, they're getting more branded content and also updates on where their order is. Let's mm -hmm. say, for instance, there might be a delay. The customer will be informed if there is a delay. It's keeping the customer, there's a communication happening between the customer and the brand. 
such that that also reduces the amount of support inquiries that you're getting. They yep. also do a lot of upsells as well throughout that flow, such that you know even before the customer receives a product, they'll just buy another product as well. They're feeling more confident and so forth. So I really like this, and they're actually using, a, a, again, another software. This is something you could use. You could do kind of manually or set up a flow or uh, implement um, in Clavio, but if you want to do it more efficient, they do, I think a platform was called Malomo, uh, and you could look at their case study and so forth, how they did it there. But I really like that. It's really keeping that communication back and forth. And I noticed that, you know, this company, uh, Soldat Janeiro, they use a lot of platforms. Lot, they have the software, budget. Yeah. They use a lot of software, a lot of platforms to for specific areas. They use another software called Octolo to increase their brand awareness and sales through YouTube influencers and through their YouTube platform. They came up with a whole strategy there as well, using another platform to do that, to help them. You could do this all again manually and so forth, which is a lot of very strenuous as well. Yeah. Or you could check out these platforms when you have the budget and so forth, depending on your goal and where you want to be at. Yeah. So, if, I mean, if you have an e-commerce site, if you have an e-commerce site, you need to be going on these large brands that are basically newer, like SDJ, like uh, you, you just go through them all. I mean, Instacart, you can go through um, Allbirds, um, Mirror, and look at their site, look at their product flow, look at their customer flow, look at their checkout processes. You need to learn what they're doing because they've experienced it. They have the money to implement the software, but you need to get on par with them. Obviously, if you don't have the money, that's, that's fine. That's what this podcast is for. Exactly. This is exactly what we do is we evaluate what the big players are doing from our experiences. We know what software they're using. We, we find out why they're doing it. And then we try to give you this information. We're basically doing the legwork for you guys saying, this is what they do. This is why it works. This is why you need to be doing it. And they're it. spending millions and of dollars doing it. Literally. So literally you could save all that by just mimicking it and just implementing it for your brand and just like plug and play and, there. And these are things that work, guys. Like uh, taking a pop-up message as soon as you come on the website, asking you for your your name and your email for a 10% discount. This is going to drive sales, probably increase sales by maybe 10%. Like, and like this think is about crazy. Like we're giving you... 10% more revenue. If you do $500,000 in e-commerce sales a year, we're giving you another $50,000 just by listening and trying to implement some of these ideas. Um, so it, it's really valuable. And even going back to the sign-up form, right? When you're going on a website that's already proven to do really well, right? I also count the seconds for when that pop-up appears because when you're creating forms, it'll tell you like how many seconds do you want to, uh, yeah. for the user to see it, right? So I'll count. I'll see what the other company does and I'll try to implement it myself instead of like second guess myself um, and do a lot of A-B testing yeah. there as well. Of course. So that's and very important. There's no doubt like now with all the experience that we've gone through, like if you participate or you take some of our ideas or you talk to us or say, hey, can we talk? We could probably increase your sales on the basic e-commerce uh, e site by probably 20% within a week or two just by implementing different software and different techniques that you're not currently doing. So, uh, so just learn, listen, learn and research yourself, but you always got to stay relevant and growing and learn new techniques. I got one more for you guys, which I heard on a podcast. Hila? Hila Yang? Hila. Yeah, Hila, Hila Yang. Yang. Um, founder. Stated. So number seven, use your surroundings as staging for content creation. So last year, um, you know, during social distancing and people working from home, uh, I love this, which really, you could really understand um, how you could just create content at your own home. They they have the photographer using their their bathroom as their you know studio, and the the photographer is um, using his girlfriend sometimes as the model, 
and the art director goes on a Zoom call, video Zoom call, and directs the photographer what um, types of shots that they need. And also to get really creative, somehow, from what I was hearing, they, from the mirror, they get a shot from the mirror, they, they actually turn on a YouTube video that shows like a, a beach vibe, right? And they have that like running in the background and through the reflection, there's some, some doing, creating some sort of illusion that it looks like they're at a beach and then displaying their products and so forth. So they're getting really creative and literally doing things at home, which, you know, creating great content, appealing content. They're not stopping all the whole production process and so forth. And I do that with Reborn as well. Like I just, I do my photo shoots in my house as well as like outside my house and just find perfect staging environments. That's what you can do as well. So I wanted to just state that real yep, quick. Be creative. Um, all right, that's, that's, that's it all. for episode 31. I hope you liked the episode. I hope you got a lot of information here. Um, you know, again, this brand, I saw this brand two years ago when I was in Miami Swim Week. They were doing a, um, a big event there. Or not even an event, like a big event, but uh, they were showcasing their products, had their product, which is uh, amazing how far they have come. And if you guys have any questions regarding this episode or anything about your brand, uh, give us a tweet or maybe, or put, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, leave your questions in the comments. Tweet at mscopac mm-hmm. or at Sean underscore Azari. And if you like this, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, and so forth, give us a five-star rating, please. That will really help us as well. And I'll see you guys. We will see you next week. Let it go.